Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 And it's good to be with extended family of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. It's good to be in the heart of Mississippi. And I want to thank you for such a warm welcome. And I also want to bring you greetings on behalf of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, the Global Office, and our Executive Director, Paul Baxley. I'd like to bring you greetings on behalf of La Familia and the Pan-African Koyone, our, our friends that have been traveling through the Delta this week. I just want you to know um, and I want to share with you, it's been a very profound experience, a very profound experience where La Familia and the Pan-African Koyone has intentionally joined together to journey in the Delta, to be with the folks um, in the Delta. We landed in um, Memphis on Wednesday and we had opportunity to spend some time in the Slave Haven and the Civil Rights Museum. We then journeyed a couple of hours, you all know that trek, right? Um, from Memphis to then um, Cleveland, Mississippi and had an opportunity to spend some time in West Helena and in Elaine, Arkansas, to be able to hear the stories of the partners for Together for Hope um, in the Delta region. And I just want to say that it was so profound, and I want to confess to you all today that it has shifted my sermon. All right? Amen? Amen. The text is still the same. <laughs> but I just want to share with you this morning for just a little while on the subject matter out on a limb, out on a limb. In our gospel message this morning, we find Zacchaeus sitting high in a tree because he had heard something and his curiosity got the best of him. And he couldn't make it through the crowds. And so that he decided he was gonna take a different strategy, take a different road, and he was gonna run ahead of the others, climb up a sycamore tree and hang out in towards, until Jesus showed up. He was so curious. And I want to suggest to you all today that we have some Zacchaeus out on a limb right now. That we have some people in our community and in our country, and if I could even suggest that in our world, that are curious about the things of Jesus Christ. Because they have been hearing the stories about the power of Christ that resides in us for those who believe. Come on, somebody. That there's something that allows blind eyes to see under the power of Jesus Christ. And I'm wondering what he actually heard and wonder what he experienced that made him, instead of going, turning back home, turning around and going back home because the crowd was too big. Anybody ever been there? It's like, oh, this is too hard. I really want to hear them play, but I don't know about all this. But instead of turning away, there's something that he heard, experienced, or saw that made him go the extra mile. And I want to suggest to you all today that there are folks, you've heard the reports that anxiety is high. Our young people are killing themselves at record numbers. That we know that stress is high because mass shootings be, has become too normative. Come on. Anxiety is high because politics and politicians, I want to say, are not what they used to be, but I'm not sure that's really true. <laughs> but they don't offer comfort. I don't care where you are on the side of which aisle you're on. 
But I suggest to you today that in this day and age, there are folks curious and hungry for what only God can give. Peace, healing, reconciliation. And there's something on the inside that is preparing them for transformation. But God has need of us. Because when we find out that Zacchaeus has been seen, that Jesus is not in the synagogue this time, he's just walking the streets. Too often for those of, of faith, for those, and I'm one, I grew up in the church. I was, as a child, I grew up in the church. I was there seven days, or six days a week, I'll say that. Sunday morning, we were there for Sunday school, we were there for worship. That was back in the day when we had late night worship. And communion was on Sunday evening on the first Sunday. So we were there all day Sunday, and I can't forget BTU. We were there then the rest of the week, either choir rehearsal, usher board rehearsal, maybe it was a midweek Bible study, but we were always at church. And I want to say, I think there's nothing wrong with going to church, but we have to be prepared to see folks out on a limb when we're walking the streets, when we're in the grocery stores, when we're at the theater, when we're picking up our kids from school, the question is, are you paying attention to those who are hurting and who are lost and entering into their lives? Not just an invitation to come on Sunday, not just an invitation to listen and watch online, but have we paid attention enough to hear their story engage in their lives and to really be the presence of Christ in community. Now some of you all might be saying, well how what does that have to do with your trip? I'm glad you asked the question. Because <laughs> one of the things that our, our illustrious leader has been sharing with us, some of you all may know her as El Nicole Stringfellow, who lives in the Delta, Mississippi has strongly and insisted, I should say, encouraged us to really be with people. The Civil Rights Museum, Slave Haven, was powerful learning and experience. But to actually sit and listen to one of the, of the um, descendants of, 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 the, of those who have been massacred in Elaine, Arkansas, to sit and hear the story of what his grandmother told him. Because when I heard the story of the Elaine massacre, I heard around 200 or so folks, um, black folks who had been murdered, that they were sharecroppers and were organizing for higher wages. But to learn that there, yes, might be some that were sharecroppers, but there are actually black folks who own land who were professionals, who were contributors to society, who got caught up in that massacre as they were organizing to have a better life for their family. And 
And I want to suggest to you today that when it was taboo and cost the lives of thousands to sit and plan, I want you to think about this, to sit and plan for the well-being of your family, to organize so that you can have a better future for your community, that it was taboo for somebody from the white community to be part of that. Come on, somebody. Zacchaeus was ostracized from the community. He was ostracized. He was connected, but left out. We need to make sure as believers that we don't fall victim to the naysayers of the work of Christ. Let me get a little closer to home because I, I, I heard a rumor about you all, North Minister. I understand that you all have, you all are champions of women in ministry. I understand that you all are courageous enough to let somebody that is the gender that I am to stand in your pulpit. And there have been naysayers that don't want me here. And the invitation was extended anyway. So first let me say thank you for your courage. Thank you for your willingness to enter into my community, into my space by giving me an opportunity to share with you today. And I wanna say we need more courageous Christians who are willing to do the things of God regardless of what naysayers say. Because here's the thing. Jesus is the one that saw Zacchaeus. Jesus is the one that invited him to, his, to Zacchaeus' own home. And naysayers were raising their voice about what Jesus was doing. And if Jesus can take some criticism, why can't we? I want to encourage us today because the Lord has need of us. If we call ourselves the disciples of Jesus Christ and that we know that we are the presence of Christ in community, I want to encourage all of us to know that transformation can happen outside of the four walls of the church. But we have to be willing and ready to see, to acknowledge, and to spend some time in, what, in some places that may be unfamiliar, uncomfortable, and risk of your reputation. To sit in the Mississippi Delta in Shaw and to meet a young woman who was an educator for I want you to say 14 years to leave the school system to start her own nonprofit because she realized the restrictions of the education system did not allow her to speak into the lives of the children whose lives are at risk. 
And she knew that profoundly because her son had been murdered through gun violence. And instead of allowing grief to paralyze her, she decided that she was going to do more entering into the lives of the young people of that community. And I don't know about you all, and I even heard somebody say that in the conversation, if my child had been murdered, I don't know if I could have made that decision. But she is sharing that not only is she entering into the lives, but the two young folks who were responsible for taking the life of her son, who still has not been convicted, speaks to her during the week. What am I saying to you all today? That there is a power in us that I'm not sure we have tapped into like we could. That we actually have the potential and if we're willing to risk to be a little bit courageous to really stop and see those folks who are out on a limb looking for hope, looking to be found and recognized as fully human, seen as the, and, and recognized that they are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei. I also want to say this to you all in my journey because one of the things that we do in Outreach or Growth, we also oversee the racial justice work for CBF Life. And one of the things that I have found is that those who are actively engaged in community, those who are willing to risk um, allowing membership of folks that don't look like them and don't have the same life experience, that come from the same places, have felt isolated, have felt alone. Anybody in here ever experienced that isolation? Anybody here ever felt alone? felt ostracized, I want to say you're in good company. Jesus was talked about. Jesus was ridiculed. It is okay to get involved in some good trouble. Come on, somebody. And that is embracing, and that is being with those folks that the other religious folks talk about. Are you all with me this morning? And I think it's particularly important when we live in a day and an age where the political line keeps being drawn deeper in the sand, when there are forces of the faith community that are like drawing lines in the sand, there are lines being drawn all over the place. And Jesus tells us that he has come for the lost. He's come for the hurting. He has come to set the captives free. The question is, are we gonna allow the lines that others are drawing to hold us hostage? Are we gonna be the ones that are going to step across the line, whether you're Republican or Democrat, come on somebody. 
Are you going to step across the line, whether or not you are well off or you are financially in need? Are you going to step across the line, whether or not you are heterosexual or homosexual? Come on, somebody. There are folks who so want to be a part of what God is doing and want Jesus in their heart. But God needs some courageous folks to look up, see them, recognize them, hear their story. Because when we hear our pastor Zacchaeus spinning, I don't know what the full conversation was with Jesus, or I don't know if it was just being in the presence of Jesus. And I will also say to you, I don't even know if Zacchaeus was ready to turn from his ways and was looking for somebody to see him, to empower him and to encourage him to live a different life. The Bible doesn't tell us. What the Bible does tell us is that once in the presence of Christ, he had a change of heart. He says, if there's somebody that I did wrong, I will repay them four times that I am willing to repent and turn from my ways, but I'm also willing to do the repair work from the damage that I've done. How powerful that is and can be. If we would take the time, not just in the four walls of the church, to go out and be with people, to hear their story. Not just their pain, but how are you? How is this young woman whose son was taken from her, how does she gain the courage to keep moving forward? How does she get the courage to then leave the educational system to create some space so that she can actually do what's needed to turn the lives around of the young people. If you have not met her, I encourage you to meet her. If you have not been to Delta Hands for Hope, I encourage you to go. It is nice to contribute, but it's a different thing to be with people. And I want to say this as I get ready to close. I told you I wasn't going to be here long. CBF, in its birth, has always held missions as a priority. Missions is sacred to CBF. And we believe in long-term presence. Resources go to the offering of global missions so that we can make sure that folks who are called to the mission field are able to have a livelihood to be the presence of Christ all over this world. But I also want to suggest to you that Christ is calling all of us to the mission field. We don't have to travel to another country. We can just travel 25 minutes, 45 minutes from here and be present and to participate in the movement of God. 
Because I will say to you, like Mordecai said to Esther, God is already moving. God is going to do some things different and new. God is going to protect God's people. The question is, are you going to participate in it or just be a spectator in the dream? Major, I feel a little bit like I almost need to apologize if I made folks uncomfortable today. I said almost. <laughs> because I think we need to have tough conversations. We need to have tough conversations and we need the Christ to show up in all of us and the courage by the Spirit of God to be in community. We come in fellowship as believers to be encouraged and to thank God that we are alive today because we can't take life for granted anymore. The pandemic has taught us that profoundly. I'm grateful to be alive. But as I am alive, what is God calling me to do for the kingdom of God? And contributions are fabulous and are needed. But that heart-to-heart -heart and head-to-head -head combination is needed more. Because the work is being done. And these folks are out on the limb looking for deeper relationship with Christ so the work can be expanded. So I'm here hopefully just to encourage you all. One, you already been ridiculed, so don't worry about it. And you're still okay. So why not keep being courageous? Why not keep being bold? Because I have found sometimes those naysayers will be the ones that like to jump on the boat when the boat gets running well. Come on, somebody. North Minister, I just wanted to encourage you today that there are folks who are out on limbs just looking to be seen and recognized. And I was going to say to you that as I go out and I see churches that are involved and they contribute first financially and in person and have been ridiculed, sometimes they feel isolated and alone. And I want to say to you, as you have connected tissue to CDF, you are not the only ones. But you are important because you are a living testimony that Jesus came for everyone. Not those who, just those who, who look pretty. Y'all look pretty. Not for those who are cleaned up and highly educated, just educated. He did come for those who are educated. He did come for those who were cleaned up and looked very pretty. But he also came for those who are struggling, for those who've been oppressed, those who've been laid astray and who've been ridiculed and manipulated. And I will end with this. Exodus 3, Moses standing at the burning bush. God says to Moses, I hear the cries of my people and I see their misery and I am coming down to set them free. And when he said that to Moses, he was saying that he was coming down 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, through Moses, to set the people free. North Minister, God has need of you. He hears the cries. Those who are hungry, both physically and spiritually. He sees the misery of those who have lost loved ones far too soon. For those who have been stuck because of societal norms and structures have held them hostage and bondage for far too long. And I believe that God is at work and moving outside of the walls of the church and has need of you. And so I hope today that you are encouraged, that you will go, that you will seek, and that you will make room for the salvation of God to be at work. Because if you can introduce Christ or affirm Christ's presence in somebody else, imagine what this world could be outside of the politics, outside of the naysayers. God is at work. Amen.